I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now, and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. MintMobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45, equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Episode 15 of Extra Time with me, Liam Horbin, presented by Betway, as always. Shout out Betway, 19 plus. Please bet responsibly. Ontario only, too. I still believe that is the case. Thank you, everybody, for joining me here on Extra Time today. It is Wednesday. These long weekends kind of throw me off. Today is, in fact, Wednesday, May 24th. We are recording at 5.20 p.m., So if anything happens after this point within this next 30 minutes, and I don't talk about it, not within this next 30 minutes, after this 30 minutes, then it's not on me. I'm trying to fill you up today as much as I can with the supplies I have given to me. And today we've got a a show that's going to focus on a bit of international football. Obviously, England's squad was named today for their matches against Malta and North Macedonia for the Euro 2024 qualifiers England did pretty well in their first two ones I think that was a I believe that Italy game was a group stage game let me pull it up quickly I should have probably wrote this one down but England did play Ukraine and Italy in their most recent international break and yes they both were qualifying matches England won 2-1 against Italy Harry Kane scored the game winner from the penalty spot Declan Rice scored as well and then England beat Ukraine. Harry Kane, which I believe was his record-setting goal in that game. It was one of those two games was his record-setting goal. And Bakayo Saka got the goals in that game. So England currently sit at the top of their qualifying group, which is themselves, obviously, Italy, North Macedonia, and Ukraine. So they're only in a group of five rather than some groups are in a group of, oh no, they're all five this year. Sometimes there's groups, oh, there we go. Towards the bottom, there's groups of six from group H, I, J. Is there any real surprises so far? I haven't really looked at these groups for a long time. Slovenia is the top of their group with Denmark in it. Two wins for them. Serbia is at the top of theirs. Austria is the top of their group with two wins. Belgium's in second only. We've played one game, though, so I would imagine that kind of goes up there. Czech Republic are first. I don't know. I'll be honest. I kind of like the Euros a little bit more than the World Cup, which might sound really, really stupid, and I know it does. I've kind of had this debate with people before, but the Euros is maybe it's been doled down a little bit recently because of teams, you know, like North Macedonia made the Euros last time. I don't think they won a game. Northern Ireland have been in the Euros recently like this. They're adding more teams to it, and I get it. You want to grow the game as much as you can, and you get those teams in the in the tournaments, and it means a lot to those countries. And as an England fan, I suppose I 
I'm fortunate in the team I've chosen to support and also the team, the, the country I was born in. So I didn't really have too much of a choice, I suppose. But England in my lifetime have only missed out on one tournament, which was Euro 2008 when Steve McLaren was the manager of England. There's that famous picture of him in the under the umbrella as England are losing to Croatia at Wembley. And that was the last of what we saw of Steve McLaren in a, in a England in an England shirt, I guess, whatever you want to call it. I can't remember what he was doing. He was wearing that massive coat. He was not a very good manager. He's a very good coach. He's actually at Manchester United now, helping out with uh, Ten Hag there. And to his credit, I guess just to go off on Steve McLaren for a quick second, he's had a pretty good career. Did very, very well at Middlesbrough. Got them to a UEFA Cup final. I was just watching some highlights of that the other day, actually. It came up on my TikTok and... Kind of forget that Middlesbrough went there, lost a shot. If you can believe this, Middlesbrough lost to Sevilla in the UEFA Cup final. Who would have thought the seven-time UEFA Europa League Cup winners beat Middlesbrough? I think if I gave everybody one guess, that's the team they would have assumed. But yeah, they lost to them. They beat Stad Bucharest in the semifinals. And then they knocked out Rome and like Stuttgart as well on the way and topped the group and... Yeah, like that. Do you know, honestly, that that era of football from 2004 to about 2000 and 2009, so that five-year gap, is probably my favorite era of football. And believe it or not, Bolton were good in that era as well, competing for those UEFA Cup spots. But Everton were really good. There was just a lot going on in the Premier League. And it has got back to that a little bit now, I think, with... Aston Villa now competing for Europe again. Brentford right in the mix for a European spot too. Brighton claim one today. Uh, claim sixth in the league after a draw against City, which uh, Asensio, I believe is how you say his name. Unbelievable goal. You know, you always know when you've scored a good goal. When you So what I do is when someone scores a great goal like Asensio did today, you obviously watch the goal first. But on the second replay... I watch the fans behind the net, especially when it's the away supporters behind the net. And if you go back and watch that goal, you can see some Manchester City fans. Some of them just the jaws are on the ground because they can't believe what they've just seen. No goalkeeper in the world would have stopped it. But there's also there was one gentleman stood right behind the goal and he just starts clapping. And sometimes you just got to appreciate what is happening right in front of you. And football is a fantastic game. And that goal today was something special. It might be... Might be goal of the season in game 37. Crazy, but fantastic, fantastic result for Brighton and congratulations to them on qualifying for Europe. And it's a, it's a fantastic accomplishment for what they do. And you think of the players they, they lost this season, like Kukurea went, McAllister's been linked away basically all year. Uh, I, lo- I was looking at this actually before the show because Asensio is, is 19 years old, played 10 times with Paraguay. And I was like, where did they get this player from? And Ended up getting him from the Paraguayan League. They paid, I believe, nine and a half million for him. And it kind of reminded me a little bit of what Bolton were doing a little bit back in the day when they were competing for European spots. They weren't really going out and getting these random players from South America, but they were able to bring in like a Euro Jokiev on a really cheap deal when he was kind of coming towards the end, but still did a great job when he was at Bolton. They got Nicholas Anelka. I believe that was around an eight, nine million dollar fee from Fenerbahce. JJ Kocha was at the club. They were just grabbing these players that people had kind of forgotten about a little bit and bringing them back to the 
not back to the Premier League, I guess, bringing him to the Premier League and now cut back to the Premier League. You've played for almost every single team in, in the damn league, to his credit. But that's kind of what Brighton reminds me of a little bit. And I hope this can be some sustained success that they have. And also, they they need to keep everybody there. And I'm not talking about the players because clearly they can they can readdress that and bring in new faces and all that kind of stuff. But their recruitment staff, I wish I knew the names of who who's running the operation and who's bringing in all these players. But some of these guys are, are amazing. Like they've obviously got this Ferguson now who's coming through their academy. Um, Lewis Dunk's been there forever. Kinsado, McAllister, the, I forget his name, the Japanese winger. His name is slipping my mind. You all know who I mean. And Sensio today as well. And it's just like, man, like the recruitment is amazing. And you look at some of these other teams like Chelsea, for example, who are spending 600 million pounds to buy all these players. Like, yeah, like we all know who Enzo Fernandez is and Jao Felix and whoever else, Koulibaly, uh, Mudrik. And then they come to the league and they do absolutely nothing. Like maybe Chelsea... And every team for this man, it should should kind of go back to the old ways of like you actually have to go out and recruit players and and find real talent and not just buy the best name on the market because it's not working every single time. Obviously, it works fairly often, but sometimes it's good just to go out and grab the the no name guy and, and see what they can do. But obviously, those clubs are just in a situation where they have so much pressure to win football matches all the time that they can't really take risks on that anymore to, to find the next Asensio, I suppose. But yeah, it's kind of weird. And and I guess an interesting thing on that part too, is that the debate between Manchester United and Manchester City and the treble, if City do win it, maybe I would like to do an episode on this actually once City more than likely win the Champions League and the FA Cup to see if they can win treble and how they compare to Manchester United of 1999. But I think the big difference is like, and we've talked about this, I don't know how many times, but football is so different. So, so different. It's so difficult to compare what that 1999 Manchester United team was able to accomplish compared to what this 2023 Manchester City team is able to accomplish. Money's a lot different. The players are a lot different. The style's a lot different, but you can't really take anything away from either the team, but also Manchester City have not won the treble yet. They still have to win the FA Cup and they still have to win the Champions League. Are they the favourites? Obviously, and it feels likely that they probably will become the next team to win the English treble. But until they do that, it's not fair to discount what that 1999 Manchester United team was able to accomplish too. And I'll have to go through and compare the players and everything, but like, I saw a bunch of things like, oh, like Dennis Irwin would never get into the City squad. It's like, well, yeah, probably not because he just didn't play like that. But also in that era, Dennis Irwin was probably one of the best left backs in the world. Probably one of the best in the Premier League, if not the best. Gary Neville as well. I've seen a lot of slag for him recently. It's like, does anyone just forget he's probably England's best right back ever? Maybe it just slips minds. And then you also have like Andy Cole, who's one of the all-time Premier League greats. Dwight York was on the team. Teddy Sheringham. Obviously, Ole Gunnar Solskjaer was there. Beckham, Scholes, Giggs. Like, that's the thing too. Like, City do have some academy players. Obviously, like Phil Foden is a big one. One of the best in the world. 
Uh, Cole Palmer, I believe his name, he's coming through. The office. He's not had a massive impact on the team. He actually had a really nice cross to, to Holland today on that dis, uh, disallow goal. Looks like he's got a future. Then you also have Rico Lewis as well. But like the difference between the Manchester United squad, and they obviously went out on both players. I believe Roy Keane at the time might have been the highest British transfer fee when they got him from Nottingham Forest. But they built from within where the City team built from without and just obviously filled in gaps where they needed to. And that's fine. Football is different. You're allowed to spend money, people. It's okay if players don't come through the academy. Obviously, as an England fan, you want to see as many England players come through the academy as possible, but it's not always the case. And I think sometimes City get a bit of criticism for spending money when actually Manchester United have spent more money than them. In the last 10 years, City just spend it a little bit better. Anyways, I'm trying to get to the main topic of the show. I have to go in almost 12 minutes on stuff I didn't even have wrote down in my notes, so that was good. Selling a little or a lot? Shopify helps you do your thing however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage. All the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify is there to help you grow. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout. 36% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Get a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash work. Shopify.com slash work. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. One other thing I have to address, and this is a public apology. So for the last like three or four shows, I've been talking about the English Football League playoffs. By the way, Bolton. Bolton lost to Barnsley. So Bolton are done. So right now the Football League playoffs are in League 2, it's Stockport versus Carlisle. Then it's in League 1, Sheffield Wednesday versus... Uh, yeah, Sheffield Wednesday. What a comeback, by the way. Down 4-0, going into the second leg, end up winning on penalties. Amazing, amazing game. Uh, they play Barnsley. And then in League... Uh, sorry, the Championship, it is Luton and Coventry who I have been saying are two teams I've never played in the Premier League before. Well, I feel incredibly stupid because I knew this, but for some reason I just continued to say it incorrectly. Coventry played nine seasons in the Premier League. And for some reason, 
they I just completely discounted it out of my head. But yes, Coventry City have been in the Premier League. We're in the Premier League, so for nine seasons, they were one of the original teams. They've had a lot of good players come through there. Robbie Keane was there. Craig Bellamy played for them. Uh, McAllister. Dion Doblin, I believe, won a golden boot as well. So I'm sorry, Coventry fans. I didn't mean to discount what you've done in your history. I just had a bit of a blank moment, and hopefully we see you back. But I also kind of want to see Lewin. So I'm good either way. I'm just glad it's not Sunderland and Middlesbrough. Again, I want to put that out there. But to Coventry fans, I am sorry. So I guess on that note, they were relegated in 2001. And here's a fun fact for you. So Bradford finished 20th, who are now in League Two. Hopefully they can kind of start building some momentum after a good season this year. Obviously missed out on the playoffs after losing to Carlisle, but plenty of time left. No, you know. The other team relegated with Coventry and Bradford in 2001 was Manchester City. Manchester City were relegated, and I was talking to my dad about this, and now that I'm thinking about it, I can't remember if it was this time or a different time they were relegated, but it can't have been this time because they were back up in 2003-04 season, I believe. But in the 90s, they were relegated again to onto the old Division One. They played one season in Division One, and they were relegated again after the second season, down to Division 2. And then I believe it was three straight promotions to get back. Two straight promotions, sorry, to get back to the, the Premier League. So that would have been, I think, I think the 2000 season is when they came back. I might be wrong on that, but it's around that era. Then we're eventually relegated again in 2001, came back up, and then now have been in the Premier League ever since. But Manchester City weren't always this team that uh, they are now. They They've gone through... They've gone through quite a bit to their credit. And there's such an interesting case because you look at a team like Newcastle, I think people are like, oh, you know, it's good because Newcastle have had such poor ownership and they've been relegated and now they're back. Like Newcastle's a massive club. It's like, well, City's kind of similar. Their ownership wasn't terrible from what I remember. Like they've got a new stadium that was, uh, they went from Main Road to the City of Manchester Stadium, which is now the Etihad Stadium. So it kind of is what it is. Like teams get money sometimes and they go through it, right? So I think I said something like that last week. But yeah, City relegated with Coventry in 2001. So sorry, Coventry City fans. I know you've been through a lot. I'm sure this is probably at the bottom of your list of the worst things that have happened to you in your football history, but got to say sorry. Anyways, let's move on to today's main topic, which is the England squad. Now here's the thing. I figured out how to do a screen share onto the program that I use, which is Restream, which I probably could have figured out a while ago. But either way, I figured it out. So I'm going to read out as much as I can for the podcast listeners, but this will also go onto a YouTube video if you want the visual of it. I made a spreadsheet of the England squad and players who missed out and, and players who Twitter seems to think have missed out, I guess you could say. So I'm going to go through that right now. So this will be a YouTube video as well. So let's go through the squad here for England for their international European qualifying matches against Malta and North Macedonia. In goal, went with three goalies, no surprise. Jordan Pickford, Aaron Ramsdale, Sam Johnston, who is now with Crystal Palace. One thing, I, so if you can, you're watching on YouTube, you'll see there is numbers next to the players' names, and that is how many caps that player has with England. So I thought it was funny that 
Aaron Ramsdale and Sam Johnston have the same amount of caps with three each because, you know, you don't really put Sam Johnston in that same category as an Aaron Ramsdale who people think could be or should be England's number one goalie at the moment. But there you have it. Sam Johnston, Aaron Ramsdale, same amount of, same amount of caps for England. Defenders. Left back, we have Luke Shaw. It's a lone left back in the squad. That's not surprising for a Gareth Southgate team. He literally took one left back to the World Cup. I think that kind of comes... Well, you can see, if again, if you're watching on YouTube, the players that I'm missing, and we'll go through them towards the end, but you'll see Ben Chilwell on there, out with a hamstring injury. Always seem to be injured. He's, having a, he's not had a great couple of years, has he? Uh, right back, usual suspects, really. Kyle Walker... Kieran Trippier, Trent Alexander-Arnold, centre-backs, John Stones, Mark Gahey, Harry Maguire, Lewis Dunk, Tyron Mings. We'll kind of go through the squad a little bit more later on. I just want to get through the names here. Midfielders, kind of defensive midfielders, I suppose. Declan Rice, Calvin Phillips, centre-mids, Jude Bellingham, Jordan Henderson, James Madison, Ezzy, and Conor Gallagher. I was going to say Eddie's first name, Ezzy's first name, but I don't want to butcher it. I'll save him. I'll save him the disrespect. Wingers, Jack Grealish, Marcus Rashford, Bakayo Saka, and Phil Foden. And then strikers, Harry Kane, Callum Wilson. So I think a pretty standard squad for England. I'm not really surprised at the players that didn't get into the squad and I'll read off those names that didn't come didn't make it and I guess explain it a little bit too so you got Nick Pope who has just had surgery on his hand I know a lot of people were kind of talking about that on Twitter but Nick Pope is injured he won't play in Newcastle's last game of the season so there's no surprises in there that's why Sam Johnson's in the squad Tamori I know a lot of people like him again not in the England squad was kind of getting into the center backs in a second Eric Dyer, Tottenham have just fallen off a cliff, but he was in their most interna- most recent international squad in the last one when they played Italy and Ukraine. Ben Chilwell, like I said, injured with a hamstring. Reese James injured with a hamstring. Ben White, interesting one considering his versatility, can play left back and also center back. You kind of wonder like when he's going to get into the squad again. Raheem Sterling, I think, is the most notable name not in the squad considering how much Gareth Southgate calls him up. I mean, it's been a difficult season for Sterling, but to his credit, it's been a difficult season for basically everybody at Chelsea. So it's not a surprise, I suppose, but when you read the actual story behind it, Raheem Sterling and Southgate kind of came to a mutual agreement that Sterling's body wasn't in the right shape to be going away and playing for England. Like, I think I would assume he's going to play for Chelsea this weekend, but Apparently, he has a hamstring injury or he's not where he wants it to be. So he would like to have the break and, you know, recover and come back for the new season. Raheem Sterling is a very, very good football player. And Chelsea as a whole has been a tough, tough sell all season. But I don't think we've seen the best of Sterling for a little bit here for the last couple of years, to be honest. Like even leading up to to the World Cup. Uh, sorry, not the World Cup, but going into the Euros and stuff a couple of summers ago, he wasn't really playing, and he's in the squad every single game. So, obviously, one of Southgate's favorites. We'll see Mason Mount, who's linked with Manchester United, not in the squad. Hip injury. Ollie Watkins, 
not in the squad, no injury. Ivan Tony obviously suspended. Southgate did make comments on him saying how he reached out to Ivan Tony and was just like, you have to take care of the human being as well. Like, and he's right. Like Ivan Tony's recovering from an injury. Like, how is he going to get back fit again? He's suspended from all operations and can't really be involved with England because it was the FA that that put him on the suspension. So it's a bit of an awkward one, but it's good to see that Southgate genuinely cares about his players. And the other one is Tammy Abraham. And then you can see the column over. I had some some Twitter shouts. Morgan Gibbs White from Nottingham Forest had a very, very good season with Nottingham Forest in their first season back in the Premier League. Jacob Ramsey and Aston Villa midfield had another good season with them, kind of his first full one. And then Dan Byrne, who's also a bit of a versatile player, a very unique one too, who's uh, playing up in Newcastle this season and uh, play centre-back, play, play full-back as well. So maybe someone who could have been in the squad, but just to look at the squad in general, I know there's some players in this team that people are not happy about, and we may as well just get right to it. Harry Maguire. I like Harry Maguire when he plays for England. I think Harry Maguire, when he plays for England, I think you could argue he's one of their best players. I think he was fantastic for them at the World Cup. He was very good in the Euros. He's been decent in England's most recent games. But sometimes you just have to look at what he's doing at Manchester United, and he's not even playing. And I don't think it's fair for Gareth Southgate to continuously pick him for the squad when he can't even get into the United squad. And when he is playing for United, he is awful. He is so, so bad. But again, United, Harry Maguire, and England, Harry Maguire, are 100% different players. But either way, it getting into the England squad should be based off your reputation and your performances for your club team. Now, I think if you're in a different position, it it varies. Like a Calvin Phillips, for example, like, there's not a lot of players in that position that could really play well. Like who are you calling up instead of Calvin Phillips? Oliver Skip? Like it's not just about calling up, um, I guess, for example, Morgan Gibbs-White to replace a Calvin Phillips. They're completely different players and it's just not going to fit. That's why I understand why Calvin Phillips continuously gets in the squad despite never playing for City. I think I believe the, the stat was he's played 6% of Manchester City's games this season. Not good enough. I think next season is when we'll see him kind of come out a little bit more and play. But Harry Maguire is in a position that he's very competitive. Like I said, like Tamore isn't in the squad for England. Uh, Dan Byrne, Ben White too. There's three names alone that should be in consideration for the squad over Harry Maguire. Not even necessarily a form because I think they're all have all three of them are obviously having good seasons, but they're playing every week and that has to have value. And I think when you look at the other players that are in the squad, John Stone's in the squad every week for City, Dunk been a vital player for Brighton all season. Margay might get a, a move to a massive club this summer because of how good he's been for Crystal Palace. And then Tyrell Mings, to his credit, has really turned around his, his career in a way. Uh, uh, Aston Villa after he was stripped of being the captain by Steven Gerrard so I just don't think it's fair that Harry Maguire keeps getting into the squad again I think he's very good for England I think he means a lot and I think he's done a lot to get this international team to a standard that it needs to be at and I think that needs to be credited but 
I think his international career should be shut down until he finds a consistent role within whatever team it may be. I don't think it'll be Manchester United next season. And until then, he shouldn't get a sniff of this squad because, quite frankly, he's not been playing good enough and hasn't earned the position in within the position he plays. It's too competitive. Uh, other positions, I suppose. I think the goaltending, uh, goalkeeping, sorry, is is going to be interesting. I wouldn't be surprised if we saw Ramsdale in a game, maybe against Malta rather than North Macedonia. But if Jordan Pickford gets relegated with Everton and he goes to the championship, are you going to keep playing Jordan Pickford every time? Or are you going to eventually transition over to Ramsdale? I think that's going to be interesting. It is very obvious when Gareth Southgate picks these squads that he has his players. Pickford's one, Maguire's one, Kieran Trippier is one, although he, he is obviously playing very well. Uh, Calvin Phillips is one, Henderson. I would even say Marcus Rashford too, to an extent. Sterling as well, Stones. Like, there is a core to this team at Luke Shaw. You remember, he was not playing very, very well. And then he had that big goal against Germany in the, um, what do they call that? The Nations League. So he's got his boys. But I think one thing too for these international teams is you can't just bring in this guy, this guy, this guy every time and then just have a fresh squad. Like you do need some continuity within the faces that are coming. And that's why I think of Jordan Henderson's in the team again. He's been all right for Liverpool. I don't know if he should be playing for England as much anymore, but I understand why he's in the team. Bellingham will be coming back from an injury right around that time. I believe it's a hamstring as well. A lot of hamstrings. Um, Conor Gallagher, a little bit of criticism for him being in the squad, but if you actually look at his recent form, He's been all right for Chelsea in what has been a dismal season. I actually like Conor Gallagher being in the team. I think that he will leave Chelsea this summer, unless Pochettino has some bigger plans for him. But Dortmund's been a link for him. And I mean, if Bellingham's going to Real Madrid, you do like what Borussia Dortmund has done with some English players as of late. So maybe Gallagher will be a good fit there. Madison, obviously, should be in the squad. He'll be in the Premier League next season, even if Leicester aren't. Ezzy, really glad to see him get called up. And that's the thing, like, you got Ezzy there with zero caps. Are you really going to call up Gibbs White and Ramsey as well to all get their first international caps? Like, I know these games are against weak opponents, but they do mean something. And if you lose one or you get a draw or something, maybe you finish second in your group behind Italy or Ukraine and then you get a, a worse draw, whatever it is. I can't... I'm, you know, it's just not ideal. You want to win these games and having a good squad matters. So you can't just call up everybody. Wingers, I don't think there's anything really to discuss. Grealish, Rashford, Saka and Foden. All very deserving of the of the positions there. And then strikers, Harry Kane and Callum Wilson. Now, I know people were kind of shouting for Watkins here a little bit. And I, I made a, some comments on them as well. I think Watkins is very, very good. But he's not better than Callum Wilson. Callum Wilson has 18 goals this season. Watkins, I think, is around 14. So he's right there with him, obviously, but not as good. Tammy Abraham, good season again with Rome. But again, Kane and Wilson are England's two best available strikers. I say available because I think Ivan Tony might be better than Wilson, but he's not available. So there you go. Morgan Gibbs-White is obviously one, I think, a lot of people will call him for. But again, Ezzy, and I, I'm going to scroll down a little bit here. And I built this little chart you can see now on the screen. James Madison, Ezzy, and Gibbs White are the three I'm comparing because to me, like those are the three guys within the squad who similarly 
similarly compared to each other, if Gibbs White was to be in the squad, sorry, that's who he would kind of be going up against. So you look at the stats here, Madison, 29 games in the Premier League this season, 10 goals, nine assists. Ezzy, 37 games, 10 goals, four assists. Gibbs White, 36 games played, five goals, seven assists. Obviously beats out Ezzy there with assists. I know he's, he's quite high in the... Um, the through ball category in the Premier League as well. He might be like top 10, the highest English player, I believe. Maybe maybe Madison's higher. I can't remember off the top of my head, but fantastic football player. I know there was some speculation he might leave Forrest this summer. We'll see. I bet Wolves is wishing they had played him a little bit more, actually. But I just don't think it's Gibbs White's moment right now. And again, just looking at this midfield, where are you putting him? I just don't think he fits in. I don't think it's his time. Jacob Ramsey, I could see maybe replacing a Henderson or maybe if someone gets hurt, he could come in. Obviously, you look at the players that are missing too, like Mason Mount's probably going to get in this team again. He's another player that Gareth Southgate likes. Reese James is going to get in the squad at some point too, and I think that pushes Alexander-Arnold out. Sterling will be back in too, so again, that probably pushes Callum Wilson out. The thing about this England squad, which I don't think people always think about when they leave comments on things on stuff like Twitter or TikTok, Instagram is England has a really, really good squad and that matters. And you can't just call up everyone every week to decide who's going to be in the squad. Like there needs to be some consistency. So there you go. That's kind of my little review on the England team. I think they'll win both games. I think they'll win them both comfortably. If there was one player I would like to see called out to England, I would like to see Dan Byrne get a goal. I know he's on the later side of, of the age for an England player, but Harry Maguire shouldn't be in this team anymore. I like Harry Maguire. I like what he's done for this this nation on an international stage at the, the World Cup twice now and the Euros. He's been very, very good for England, but I think it's time for Southgate to move on. I think eventually the connection needs to dissolve a little bit there, but we'll see. We'll see what happens. I, uh, would not be shocked by any means if Harry Maguire is in the next England squad. Next England goalie, though. Next great England goalie will be James Trafford. Been at Bolton for the last two years. He's part of the England under-21 setup. He's a Manchester City player. One day, he will play as the f- number one goalie at Man City, and then he will become England's next number one goalie. Mark my words. James Trafford is coming, and he Bolton Wanderers taught him everything he knows. I'd like to assume it was Jesse Eskalainen, Premier League legend, Bolton legend, but Finnish legend too, I would assume. But I can't confirm or deny that one. <sighs> All right, where are we up to? Our last thing, the relegation battle. We got one more game left in the Premier League for each team. Actually, I think, yeah, tomorrow United and Chelsea play each other, which really, does it have much implications? I think actually it would have implications on the Champions League. So if United win that game, they secure a Champions League spot. I think United will beat Chelsea because Chelsea is shit. They have it. Chelsea aren't very good. Manchester United should be fine against Chelsea. Then that leaves Liverpool in fifth with the Europa League spot, which they will not be happy with. But what I say to that is just be better. Just be better than you were because you weren't very good to start the season. We were all laughing at you. You managed to turn it around and get away from Chelsea, who then became their own laughing stock of the season. Just be better. If you want to get Champions League, earn it. Now you have it. 
anyways, last game of the Premier League season. So this is kind of the big ones we got going on unless United obviously lose. We have the battle for seventh, which is the Europa Conference League. Right now, that is between Aston Villa, Tottenham, and Brentford. Villa sitting in that spot with 58, Tottenham with 57, and Brentford with 56. Goal difference actually favors Brentford, who are plus 11, and Tottenham and Villa both at plus four. The only way this would come down to goal difference is if Tottenham lose and Aston Villa draw, and then Brentford win and then elevate themselves over Aston Villa and take the final spot. Now, who would have thought Brentford could potentially be in the Europa League conference spot with Brighton sitting one spot above them at the start of the season. It's been a great story for the both of them. Obviously, the other big storyline heading into the last game of the season is the relegation bell. You got Leeds in 19th with 31 points. Leicester also with 31 in 18th. And then Everton with 33 in 17th. Now, I believe my predictions were Forest to go down along with Southampton and also Leeds and then Leicester and Everton stay up. That obviously can't happen now that Forest beat Arsenal and managed to secure, uh, what do you guys, keep themselves safe? I thought there was a word for it. There's not. So yes, it comes down to Everton, Leicester and Leeds. So on the last day of the season for the relegation battle, I'll give my predictions. Leeds versus Spurs. That one's at Ellen Road. Everton versus Bournemouth at Goodison Park. Leicester versus West Ham at the King Power Stadium. Now, the interesting thing is here, all three teams play at home. There's going to be no one away and trying to put on the pressure in front of the away fans. It's going to be tight. It's going to be very, very tight. So here's what I'm kind of thinking. I think, I think Leicester goes down which is unfortunate for them. No one else, really. I don't think many people truly... Actually, no, that's not true. I think people do care if Leicester go down. But I do want to see Jamie Vardy there one more season and get them back up. But it would be a shame. But Leicester, do you know what? They've, they've obviously gone through a lot of stuff. They, they won the league. They won the FA Cup. They've won the Community Shield. Their owner tragically passed away in a helicopter accident. I believe his son took over with with all his business operations. And then throughout COVID, King Power, who is obviously the name, the sponsoring name of the stadium and also the the owner's company, lost a lot of money through COVID and then they simply weren't able to spend as much as they would have wanted to. And that's really plagued them. And they probably should have sold on some players when they could have, like they're going to lose money on Tielemans now and Madison, Harry Barnes, uh, Harvey Barnes, sorry. I think they'll go down. I think Everton goes down too. I think Everton will lose to Bournemouth. And I think I think Leeds will beat Spurs and Leeds will stay up. That is a I know it's a, a weird prediction. And Leeds haven't been great recently. They haven't won a game since April 4th when they beat Forest 2-1. But Big Sam. Big Sam might have it going on. So that's my prediction. I think Leeds will stay safe. Everton and Leicester will go down. I I think Everton would come right back up. I think Leicester might sit in the championship for a few years. It's a very, very difficult league to get out of. A lot of teams have gone down there and, and felt the, the wrath of the championship, I guess you could say. Bolton, Blackburn, 
Portsmouth, Charlton haven't been seen in the Premier League again. QPR, Wigan, the the list is endless. It's it's unbelievable actually the amount of teams that have kind of gone down and struggled so badly to get back up. And that's why maybe teams like Burnley and Norwich deserve a bit more credit for being able to bounce back and forth. So that's it. So it's Leeds stay up. Now my Europa League conference, obviously my Europa League conference prediction, I should say. Obviously, I just said Spurs lose because they play Leeds and Leeds stay up. So I'm going to go Spurs lose. Therefore, they do not get any European football next season. I think that'll be a complete retool of the squad. Harry Kane will be gone. Son may be gone. They just need to adjust so much. I don't think Ryan Mason is the right man for that job. It's a it's a prestige job being the manager of Tottenham. I know it's difficult with Harry, uh, sorry, Daniel Levy in charge, but they do need someone with good experience to to take over there and give it a go. Can't just go with. I don't think you even want to go with a big name. I don't have any names, but you kind of want to find someone like a, an Eddie Howe or a Thomas Frank in a way. Maybe Graham Potter wouldn't be a bad shout. Maybe Graham Potter would be all right. I know Tottenham fans don't don't want to have another former Chelsea manager, but at the end of the day, he's done well outside of his Chelsea experience. He was good with Brighton. He was good with Swansea. Ghanaian women's team, I'm assuming, did well as well. He also had that team in Sweden. It was a really weird resume, but look that up if you want. The other one is Villa versus Brighton. At Villa Park. That'll be an interesting game. And then we also have Brentford versus City. So this is, there's an interesting one with the Brentford City game is who's playing for City? Who's going to, who's going to play for them? Because Edison hasn't played for a little bit for them. They've been, you know, Kevin De Bruyne has been in and out. Uh, Haaland hasn't really played. Grealish hasn't played. They have nothing to... They obviously played a little bit today, especially Haaland and, and De Bruyne, but they have nothing to do in the Premier League anymore. They've been there and done it. They won the whole thing. I wonder if they'll rest players for the FA Cup. Like today, you look at City's squad starting 11 against um, Brentford. A little bit stronger. Ortega played in goal. Rico Lewis played. Um, Phil Fulham went off after 50 minutes. De Bruyne only played 57. I wonder if uh, if they'll rest some players there. Like I said, Premier League's in the bad. They're not really chasing any records in the Premier League. 89 points. And that's how I think they'll finish. I think Brentford will beat Manchester City on the final day of the season because it doesn't mean anything. And I think they'll just play a weaker squad. Obviously, Brentford will be without Ivan Tony, which won't be ideal, but... Brentford's been on a good run. 3-1 win over Tottenham away. 2-0 against West uh, West Ham. Lost to Liverpool 1-0. Mo Salah goal there. Beat Forest. Beat Chelsea. Bit of a slump in April. But besides that, they've been, they've been solid recently. So I'm going to go with a Brentford win. Unfortunately, I don't think they get Europa Conference League as much as I would love it. I'm going to give it to Aston Villa. Aston Villa at Villa Park. Get the job done. So then it'll go Villa in seventh, Brentford in eighth, Tottenham in ninth for their lowest finish in however long. 
Tottenham readjust their entire system. Brentford probably can build off that a little bit more. I don't know how much more you can get out of the squad with an Ivan Tony no longer available until January. And then Villa get European football back in uh, in the Midlands and keep charging on. Unai Emery loves those Europa League competitions. If it's Europa League or Europa Conference League, we'll see how he does in the Conference League, I suppose. But yes, that is my prediction. And head over to Betway. Place your bets on what you think is going to happen in the Premier League this weekend. There's a lot of good matches going on. And the last day of the Premier League, you got to love it when there's, a, when there's stuff on the line on the last day. You know, you always want at least one thing. There's been years where we haven't really had anything. Relegation's been decided. Like, you kind of got the race for top four. But maybe we want United to lose tomorrow as well. Just to keep things interesting. Give it a real feisty last day of the season. We'll go through the fixtures quickly. Ones that we know, Brentford versus City, Everton versus Bournemouth, and there's also United versus Fulham, Aston Villa versus, uh, who did I just say Villa play? Aston Villa versus Brighton. Sorry, I was meant to read Arsenal, but I said Villa. Arsenal versus Wolves, Chelsea versus Newcastle, Leeds, Tottenham, Southampton, Liverpool, Palace, Forest, and Leicester, West Ham. If you got some predictions on who you think is going to get relegated, let me know. Hit me up. Liam Horbin on Twitter. Find me on Instagram as well at Liam Pods. And there's also all the 90th Minute channels on Instagram, TikTok, Twitter, and a 90th Minute on YouTube. And there you have it, folks. It's been a doozy. It's been a good day. I think some shows that we're going to get going here as well after the season's done. I want to rate everybody's seasons. I want to go over some possible targets for some teams and where teams maybe need to adjust a little bit more. We'll just do Premier League teams. Because if we did, uh, everyone else in the football league would be here for weeks. Try and get some guests throughout the summer too. But obviously, we're coming into the uh, the latter parts of the the club football season. So I'm excited for the last day of the season on Sunday. We've got some playoff finals coming up with the football league ones. We'll see who gets up from Luton Coventry to the Premier League, Champions League, FA Cup, international games as well. So it's still a lot going on. Stay tuned on the 90th minute on all our channels and follow me, like I said, on Twitter at Liam Horobin, H-O-R-R-O-B-I-N, Instagram at Liam Pods, dot pods, Liam dot pods. But yes, thank you very much everyone for listening. Again, I do appreciate it. We'll see you next week for the ratings of each team and we'll talk about what happened on the last day of the season. Farewell.